So we've been, we've been doing this series a little bit on what does it mean kind of to live in the kingdom of God. And we spoke initially about that we are part of a larger story than ourselves. This is the story that God is writing and we're part of it. The second week we spoke about how does our story fit into that story? How do we find our bit of thread woven into the tapestry of God's story? And that if we don't have a story, we don't tell our story, it's possible that there's a, a color missing. Who knows? And then last week we spoke a little bit around the, the subject of belonging. We have a story, but we belong to one another. And um, we put up Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And we saw that uh, the the, the one thing that we all go for is we need personal fulfillment. We need something personal. That's actually the top of the pyramid. It's not nowhere near the bottom. Actually, a belonging is kind of low down with air and water and food and those sort of things. And so that idea that we belong to Christ, that we belong to one another in community and families is a really important one. What I wanted to do today was to talk about accountability, but I want to kind of do it from a slightly different spin. The word accountability is such a bad word in our culture. People don't like the word accountability, yet it, it runs throughout the, the sense of Scripture where we are looking out for one another. For me, accountability is not like some heavy something that someone's demanding of me. Accountability is something I'm offering to someone so that I can mature, so that I can stick on the, on the road. I don't fall off. It's that beautiful thing that helps me to be everything that Jesus wants me to be. I can't do this by myself. I need people to come alongside me and correct me and kick me in the butt from time to time and say, you're missing it. I need someone to speak into my blind spots because we all have them. That's why they're called blind spots because we can't see there. And we think we're doing okay, but there's a blind spot that we're missing. You know, maybe I'm speaking really badly to Linda. And I'm not always aware of it. I should be, but I'm not. And someone comes and said, do you notice how often you just speak over Linda? Which is what I actually do, so this is a real live thing. I need someone to say that because sometimes I'm not picking that up. To me, that's a sense of living in accountable relationships with one another so that I can be successful in the thing that God has called me to, rather than I feel like I'm under the thumb and everyone's watching me and if I do wrong, someone's going to slap me. That's not what we're talking about here. And so the way I wanted to look at it today, and really simply, is look at the one another's of the Bible. We read that text from um, Hebrews 10, which is one of my little favorite texts um, that I come back to over and over again as it captivate something of what it means for us to be as Christians. But there are these five things kind of around one another. Let us one, one another, we draw near to God together. I can't leave it as something just that I do by myself. No, we come here so that we can draw near to God together. We can hear God together. There's something powerful about that. We, we together hold fast to our confession of faith because it's so easy to be thrown overboard. We're seeing it everywhere. People are just kind of throwing overboard, ditching their faith, saying, I'm going to do this by myself, my own way. Actually, when we're in community and we really truly care for one another and we truly love on one another and, and stir, there's a sense where we can hold on to our faith together. And when someone feels weak, someone's got a grip of you and is not letting you jump overboard. Sometimes we just want to fall overboard. It just happens. Sometimes we deliberately want to jump off, you know? And then I've got Tyler grabs my arm and says, no way, buddy. No way you're staying here. We need those things from time to time. It's how we should live together. And then there's that one of stirring one another up to good works and good deeds and love. We need that. One another. Let's stir one another up. I need that, don't you? There's sometimes I just think, ah, to hang with the poor and the disenfranchised, I don't give a... 
rats, whatever. I want to live my life. But actually, I need someone to say, no, I want to stir you up. No, we actually, there's a, there's a place for you. Stir one another up. To me, that's that level of accountability. We don't neglect this gathering, or any gathering, actually. Why? Just because it keeps us on point. Keeps us together. And then we encourage one another. So that's from that text. There's a really sad text around one another in, in Matthew 24, verse 10. And it's kind of around end times. And it's, it says that in the end times there will be a falling away. And part of that falling away will be that pe- believers betray one another. We don't want to do that. So we've got to keep each other on board. Otherwise we betray one another, it says, and we'll end up hating one another. That's a tragedy in the kingdom of God. That's a tragedy in God's church that we hate one another. Because when we're going to look at some of these others now, there's a lot of love one another, love one another, love one another. And so can I go through a few and just show you how often it appears? Um, it kind of appears more than let's have a worship service and sing together, which is not, I'm not saying we shouldn't do, but it, these things appear a lot more. So in John chapter 13, there's a bunch, there's many times it says, love one another. This is directive, love one another. Go out of your way to care and love one another. And that word love is not just some frilly, I feel so good about you, love, let me write you a card type of love, which is fine if you want to do that. But it's like, no, I want to love you in a way that helps you. I want to, you have need, I love you, I'm with you. I won't abandon you. When things are going wrong, I'm there. When someone's sick in your family, I, I love you, I'm there. Actually, that... Look in John and you go into one John. It's everywhere. Love one another. Um, the context in John is if you love one another, people will know that you are my disciples. How fitting that the enemy wants us to hate one another and divide us from one another because then we're actually a bad witness to the world. But actually, when we love one another in the way that Jesus intended, then actually we are an example to the world. This is what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. We don't backbite. We don't pull each other down. We don't gossip about each other. We love one another. We go the extra mile with one another. There's a sense of we're doing this together. In Acts chapter 2 and 3, there's this whole thing of we sharing life with one another. You know, there should be no needy among us. I mean, according to the scriptures, there should be no needy among us. We should be careful one another. We should be able to share resources with one another um, so that we, there is no needy. It doesn't say there's no needy in the world. And we, and that doesn't mean we're not meant to take care of the poor. But it says there was no needy among them. There was a sense of such a camaraderie, such a sense of togetherness, one another, to, that thing. That when someone had need, everyone said, oh, no problem. Yeah, take from mine. I don't want you to have need. Most of us are jaded because we think, oh, someone's going to come here and just take advantage of us. And you know, we, the church has kind of over-abused the whole thing. But if we are truly living in a place of community and we look, oh, someone has need. Let's, how do we meet that need? Whether it's a time need, whether it's a financial need, whether it's a food, whatever. How do we help meet that need? Why? Because it's a one another we are together. And from time to time, we do that. I got a call from um, 
David Ruiz this week. So, you know, they're in El Salvador and they, they've got this other family that they got out of. And they're looking, they, they've got these two kids that can't go back to Nicaragua, but they, they got refused visas into America with the family that have kind of adopted them. So they have to try and get them somewhere. So they're sending them to Chile because they don't need visas to go there and they've got friends there. We need help. It's not like, you know, David, I'm going to pray about this for five days and I'll get back to you. No, we've got money. So we sent money because it's one another. You know, the Thomas, when Thomas, remember when your dad got injured? We need money right now. We raised six and a half grand in 20 minutes. We need money. Why? Because it's one another. We share with one another. Is that right? I mean, it's stretching. It's, it's, it's kind of like it cuts into us because it cuts across our individualism. It cuts across my castle, my space, whatever. No, God gave us those things for one another. They're still yours in terms of being a steward with your money or your house or your possessions or whatever. But it's one another. And we want to learn to live like that. That's how, what it means to live in the kingdom of God in a powerful way. Um, the Romans chapter 2, chapter 14. Do not pass judgment on one another. Don't pass judgment. Have you ever found yourself passing judgment on someone within your community? It happens. No, we're not meant to pass judgment on one another. It's unhelpful. It's unhealthy. It doesn't smack of kingdom life. Romans 12, 10. Love one another with affection. Hugs are in order. Whatever. Love another with affection. Let there be warmth to it. I love you, brother. Here's some money. No, love each other with affection. Care for one another. Um, uh, it goes on in that verse. It says, outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another. Who can? I'm going to show you honor. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you're an important person. You're, you're worthy. We, it's a good thing. We outdo one another. The best we... Always, when we hear these things, we think, oh, that sounds so good. It's so wonderful. But actually to put it into practice is really, really hard because our lives revolved around us. We're so caught up with ourselves. Carry on in Romans says, live in harmony with one another. What does that mean? Live in harmony with one another. It just means when there's something, a division or something happening, we sort it out so that we stay united. There's harmony. It's like a musical thing. It's a sense of there's joy. It's a beautiful picture. Romans 15 goes and says, welcome one another. Don't you like that? Welcome one another. When, you, when, you, when, you know, when someone comes to you, ask you open the door, I'm just thinking of like that as a welcoming. Don't say, oh, well, come on in. No, welcome one another. Make people feel special. Man, it is so good to see you. It is so good to have you in my life. Welcome one another. Remember, this is all talking about the people of God. It's not primarily talking about how we interact with strangers through the gift of hospitality. The word hospitality in the Greek is the love and care of strangers. This is talking about how the community of God's people live together. I don't think you can do these things unless you're in community. This makes no sense to do them. End of Romans 16. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Now, obviously that was 2,000 years ago. Maybe we don't greet each other with a holy kiss anymore. But what is, it, what, is, what is it trying to capture? It's greet one another with a deep affection, with an intimacy. Whatever that looks like, a, a hug, 
you know? When you shake hands, don't go, say, no, it's so good to see you. We talk, in, in Zulu culture, when, especially in the older culture, if two men would meet, they would shake hands, but then they would hold hands and they would speak to one another as a sign of affection, a sign, this, you're important to me right now. Anybody tries to come in, no, we are speaking. Such a beautiful thing. But we, personal space, no, there's a sense of intimacy in the way that we greet one another. Is this all right? Just going through a few scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says, there should be no lawsuits among one another. We don't sue one another. We sort it out. You know how many churches go through lawsuits? <laughs> That's huge. It's just a violation of God's word. I'm not saying there are no differences that have to be sorted out, and maybe there are ways to do that through, you know, what's the word when you talk together? Mediation, that word. But actually, there's a, don't sue one another. There shouldn't be lawsuits of one another. But actually, it says to the world, the church, ah, the church just like everyone else. Now, I suppose, let's say, I suppose when it comes to some of the stuff of what's happening, um, sexual stuff in the church, I'm sure there's a place for that kind of lawsuits. I think this text was written into the frivolousness of lawsuits that was happening. I don't like what you do, so I'm suing you. I don't think it's talking about the seriousness of um, sexual stuff it's, or that sort of stuff. I don't think it's meaning that. Um, 2 Corinthians 13, comfort one another. Have you ever felt that you needed comfort? You lose a family member, something, just, we need comfort one another. Agree with one another. I like that one. Don't you? Because mostly we find a place of agreement. Where do we agree to do something together? Now, how can two walk together unless they agree to do so, tells us in Ecclesiastes. We agree. All of this is living an accountable life that says, I matter to you, you matter to me, and my actions matter to you, and your actions matter to me. How do we figure that out so that we truly live God's way? Galatians 5, do not devour one another. That doesn't mean being a cannibal. Just mean don't live in a way that we're just pulling people down and trying to undermine everything that they're going. We're gossiping it out. We don't have to do that. Goes on to say, do not provoke or envy one another. Have you seen how many one another's we got? And there's still, you know, there are a lot of them. I'm trying to make a point. Bear one another's burdens. Anyone got a Burden. Let's bear one another's burdens. We can walk with someone, be- carrying, help them carry a load, a, a pain, a sorrow, a joy, whatever. We bear one another's burdens so that we do that together. People don't feel alone. We bear with one another. We bear each other's burdens, but we bear with one another in love. And sometimes you just got to, when something's not got quite going right, you say, I'm actually going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give you the benefit of the doubt. Why? Because we want another. I'm not looking for the, the differences. I'm looking for the together points. Ephesians, speak the truth to one another. Don't lie. Just speak the truth. We love the truth. It goes on to say, be kind to one another. Forgive one another. Aren't these beautiful things? What it means to live 
in the kingdom of God and among his people. Ephesians 5.19, I love this one. Address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, etc. Address one another. Oh, Chad, it's so beautiful to see you. (laughs) (laughs) Only if you've got a good voice, so I'm excluded from it. But address one another. There's a sense of when we come to worship, we sing together. We, it, there's a beautifulness about it. It's a sense of happiness and joy and a party atmosphere. In Ephesians 5, 21, before the, before the bit on husbands or wives, it says, submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. We learn to submit to one another because there are things that other people know much more than me. I learn to submit to that in a person's life, and they learn to submit to me in some areas. We submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Isn't that a beautiful thing, to submit to one another? When it comes to some things of the Bible, I have to submit to Brian Moon because he knows more than I do, or he thinks he does. No. We submit to one another. There's this beautiful thing that happens in, this, in, the, in, the, in a relationship together. It's not, it's not one way, it's both ways. Colossians 3 again, do not lie to one another, forgive one another. Then it goes, admonish one another. Oh, we don't like that one because that's a really an accountable word. We admonish one another. Spills, you shouldn't do that. Okay? You shouldn't wear that t-shirt or whatever. No, we admonish one another. Why? Because we want to be whole and we want to be mature and we want our blind spots fixed. We admonish one another where it's necessary. We don't... There's not many of those. It's mostly love one another, care for one another. There's a few of those. So it's way in that light. Um, encourage one another. What does the word encourage mean to you? Slap on the back? Anyone? Build up. Encourage means, and means to put on. When you encourage someone, you put on courage. What is discourage? Dis means take off. So when you discourage someone, you're taking off courage. When you encourage, you're putting on courage. So when you encourage one another, we're coming alongside one another. We're in a struggle, a tough time, a painful time, and we help you put on courage to say, you are going to make it. It's not a slap on the back and says, oh, have a good life. And off you go. No, it's I'm walking with you. I'm, put, I'm helping you put on courage so that you will make this and you will be full of courage and you'll be, you know, be strong and courageous. I've got to walk alongside and put courage on you. That's what it means to encourage one another. Okay, carries on in Thessalonians. It says, encourage one another and build one another up. Look for ways to build one another up. Affirm one another. I really believe that it comes to these things, and we're nearly finished, that we, we don't wait till I, oh, I see Shirley, oh, I, oh uh, how can I build Shirley up? But in the life that I lead in community, we're not a big community. We can pray for one another, careful. In that, I'm thinking about Shirley. How can I build Shirley up? How can I build Spiels up? How can I build them? How can I build their faith? How can I give them courage to be more than they are in God right now? I'm with you in this. That's what it means to live as God's people in the kingdom of God. 
carries on in Thessalonians, do good to one another. Hebrews 3, exhort one another. And then you've got all these others in Hebrews that we used at the beginning. In James, it says, do not speak evil against one another. Do not grumble against one another. Confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another. Peter, love one another. One, love one another earnestly. Show hospitality to one another. Use the gifts to serve one another. John, 1 John is just full of love one another. Are you getting the point? There's a lot of one another's in the Bible. And I've left a bunch up. To live an accountable life that says I am part, I belong. My story belongs in this group of people and it belongs in this great story that God is writing and narrating throughout all history. To do that, I can't do that by myself. And to be successful in that, I need an accountable set of relationships, the one another's of community living. And you can think of others to be creative. I don't think this is the end all of one another's that there is. There's a good list. And so maybe your prayer for this coming week is, Lord, will you give me a one another that I can pick up with someone and help them along in their journey and ha what it means for the, us or two families or two people to live in the kingdom of God with the one. I'm going to find who can I encourage in our community? Who who's have, has a need that I can meet? Who's someone that's discouraged that I can put on courage? Who's someone that needs an admonishment? They're just walking off the path a little bit. Who's the one I'm grumbling with? We have to stop. Whatever it is. Why? For the sake of what God is doing, he's called us to be together. If you go to church on Sunday, and that's all you ever do, you never can, you can't do the one another's. It's, there's no reality to it. But as we live in community, as we grow in community, as we commit to a sense of we're doing this for the sake of the kingdom of God, the one another's come into play in the most unbelievable way. Can I encourage you to that? Can I stir you up to the one another's? Here's the deal. When you're in trouble, you wish there was a one another. So don't wait for, for someone to have to do it to you. You do it to someone else. You find someone that needs a one another time, a one another something. It's not really good English. But I hope it makes sense. We're part of this story. We want to remain in that story. So our story has to be connected to that story. But it's not a story on my own. It's a story that's connected to community life, to where I, somewhere I belong. And in that belonging, to make sure that I remain in that story, weaving that tapestry, I need the one another's to keep me on track. A sense of that overarching accountability to one another to say I want to be successful. Accountability is not something you can demand. I cannot go to Justin. Justin, I demand that you encourage me. I can't go... You know, as Justin comes to encourage me, it comes out of what God's doing in him. I can't say to Spiels, Spiels, you better be accountable to me. No, accountability is something you offer. I want to be accountable. I want to offer my life in the light so that I can be successful. It's not something demanded, it's something offered. Does that make sense? When someone says, yeah, I demand you, they say, no, that's not actually what God requires. What God requires is that I offer that to somebody.
Is that okay? Do you want to be successful? I want to be, I really want to grow. I've, I, I've wasted too much time. I want to grow. I want one another's. I want from time to time you to call me out. Will it be easy? No, it's going to be hard for you to call me out, you. Whatever. No, but we need that. But you also need the encouragements. You all right? So, let's break bread with one another. Okay? There's something powerful about this covenant meal, this meal that Jesus set up for us in remembrance of him and what he has done. But we do it as a one another. It's a reminder about that we together one another, that Jesus has done something for us and we do this together. Is that all right? So maybe come and, and get communion, break the bread, take a cup, get into a few little groups. The pews are horrible. Stand around just for a quick moment and say, here I am, hey, pray together and we'll be done. How's that? Come on up. <laughs>